Everybody's affected by their neighbors. The question is, how deep is the effect um, of our neighbor's influence on us? Is it really um, far-reaching influence or it's only something very superficial? Well, it depends if it's a positive one or a negative one. The Eber learns from a story at the end of Masech HaSukkah, Daf Nun Vav Amud Beis, how neighbors could influence us for the good or for the better. Welcome to another episode of En Yaakov Beyond the Story related to the month of Elul, which is coming upon us in a few days. The Gemara is telling us in Masech Sukkah, actually this is the Siyum, the very ending of Masech Sukkah. the Gemara tells us a very perplexing story about a young girl. I will read part of it. Tanu Rabbanon, Ma'ase Bas Bilga there is a story with Miriam Bas Bilga. She wasn't necessarily the daughter of the name of a man named Bilga, but she was part of that Bilga family, which was a family, family of Kayanim. Um, that uh, she has forfeited her religion and went and got married to one of the generals from the Malchus Yavan. And this is, as she explains, this was at a time uh, of the Baisheni, when the Yevanim, when the Greeks have had uh, invaded Eretisrol, and when they actually intensified Xerus on the Jews and came into the Besamikdash to impurify it, as we know from the story of Hanukkah. Then, Kshenichnesu Yevanim Lehechal, when the Yevanim came to the, to, to, to the Besamikdash, she came in with him and she started to kick with her sandal on the Mizbeach, saying, Lucus, Lucus, wolf, wolf, calling the Mizbeach a wolf. How long are you going to consume the property of the Jews? And she's referring to the Korbanis, the fact that the Yidden were bringing Korbanis and on the Mizbeach, and their animals were being consumed and burnt on the Mizbeach. Um, in other words, she was comparing the Mizbeach to a hungry wolf who's eating all these animals. And nonetheless, when they are now in trouble, you are not there to stand, to stand for them. When the Chachamim heard about that, they decided to punish the whole Mishmara, the whole shift of the family of Bilga by doing two things. They have uh, affixed the ring, which I will explain in a, in a minute what it is, and they have uh, boarded up the, the Kabis. So, the, in the Beis Amikdash, there were 
24 rings on the floor, on the marble floor of the Besamikdash. Those rings were actually not really welded into the floor, but they were rings that had an opening. And they would put the neck of the animal at the time of the carbon. They would put the neck of the animal through the ring and then through the opening of the ring and then turns, tilt that ring um, downwards into the, the ground. So the opening will then be um, into the ground and the animal will be kind of trapped. Um, there is a machlekes between the Rashi and the Rambam. What was it used for? Rashi and the Rambam both uh, explain the use of the tabois, the rings, and the chaloinois, those cubbies. Um, they both um, have their own approach of what each was used. According to Rashi, uh, the rings and, and the cubbies were used for the shechita. Namely, they would put the animal through uh, the ring, the neck through the ring, so the animal doesn't move that at the moment of the shechita, and the cubbies were used in order to store the knives, the, the knives used for the shechita. The Rambam, on the other hand, says that the rings were used for the hafshata, which means for skinning the animal, uh, and the cubbies were used for the big day kehuna. That's where they kept their their clothing um, we'll go back to this nekuda in in a few minutes just to uh, just to explain what is the difference referring back to what we were saying before the difference of the influence of a neighbor the Gemara then asks a question and says why is the whole family the whole mishmeres, the whole, the whole um, shift. In other words, the kayanim was split into 24 shifts. And uh, each shift had to work one week at a time in Vesamikdash. And 24 weeks later, they would come back to work, to work for another week and so on. So the whole shift of Bilga was punished that any time when they came, they had to use another family's ring and another family's copies. They couldn't use theirs. So the Gemara is asking, so if Bilga said something like this, why are you punishing the whole family? The Gemara answers that this is indeed, Abaye says, in Kedamre Inche, Shusa de Yunuka Beshuka, Ode Avua, Ode Ime. When a child talks, Outside, what he says, he heard it either from his father or from his mother. So Abaye is saying that this Miriam Basbilga didn't just come up with this, with this statement. This is a statement or at least an approach that she has heard at home. So therefore, yes, you have to punish the whole, the whole family and the whole uh, uh, portion of the, uh, of the Kayanim for that. The Gemara says, wait a minute. Are you going to punish 
the whole entire shift, which is comprised of one twenty-fourth of all the of all the kayanim, just because of Bilga's mother and father. Amar Abaye, Abaye says, Oy Woe to the Rosha and woe to his neighbor. And he continues, Good for the Tzadik. What is good for the Tzadik is also good for his neighbor. So what Abaye is saying is that being that the whole shift of Bilga, where the neighbors of Miriam's father, so they were also affected by the Hashkafa, by the worldview of Miriam and her parents, and therefore they are all punished. But then he continues by saying, well, Tavla Tzadik How do we know the Tavla Tzadik So about that, Rashi is saying, it's Mimele Tavla Tzadik We know that when it comes to um, mercy or goodness, it is always stronger than uh, strictness or evil. Good is always stronger than bad. So therefore, if we say automatically, on the other hand, the Gemara finishes with another proof why Say that the tzaddik is good because they will eat the fruit of, he, of their labor. The way Iyun Yaakov explained this last statement of the Gemara is to say there is a discrepancy in the Pasuk. The Pasuk in Ishaya says you could tell that the tzaddik is good because they will eat from the fruit of their labor. Really, you, you should have said in the Pasuk, you could tell that the tzaddik is good because he is eating the fruit of his, neighbor, of his labor. But this Pasuk is actually finishing in plural, start in singular, and ends in plural, so he explains that what the Gemara is saying here is, a tzaddik is so good, you know that a tzaddik is good when his neighbors will actually benefit to the point in which they will change. They will change meaning that they will now eat the fruit of their own labor. Let's explain this for a second. We could have said just that um, being near a tzaddik is something that is very good and beneficial. We know that a tzaddik is um, holy and his presence has an influence on us. So then he's doing the good things and we benefit from being his neighbor and therefore we are eating the fruit of his labor. This pasuk is telling us, no, the influence of a tzaddik is so strong that it will actually transform us to the point in which we will eat the fruits of our own labor, in meaning that we will be changed by being in the proximity of a tzaddik. 
with this we could start a little bit to explain uh, the, my opening question. Is the influence of a neighbor something that is a pnimi, an innermost influence that changes us? Or it is just something very superficial? Let me give you an example. Let's talk about bad, bad neighbors first. Because this, is, this was really the discussion of the Gemara with the Sir of Miriam. When you say that a bad neighbor has a bad, has a bad influence on you, is it only because you may perhaps see what he does and you learn from his actions and copy them? If that will be the reason, so then a bad neighbor is only bad if you see. But if you have a good fence and good uh, window shades, you won't see what your neighbor is doing. So therefore, being a neighbor to a Russia won't have any effect on you. Well, when we say it means to any neighbor of the Russia, meaning that being a neighbor of a Russia will have an influence on you. Even if it's not the type of influence that you will see what it does and learn from it. Maybe you could say that. Or perhaps you could say that the influence of a Russia is only that you may see what he does and copy it. What is the difference? The difference is that if we say that you will see what a Russia does and you will learn from him, what you're saying is that his influence is very chitzoin, it's a superficial influence. It's an influence that is limited to you mimicking his action. But if we say that the influence of a shochen, of a neighbor, is ashpa primis, is an innermost influence, it will have an effect on you whether or not you see what it does. Now let's go, let's flip it the other way. Influence of a tzaddik. When you are near a tzaddik, is it being near a tzaddik beneficial to you because you will see what he does and emulate his avoid and maybe you'll be a tzaddik? Or even more than that, just being in the presence of a tzaddik, being in the proximity of a tzaddik, changes you completely. Not only that you will see it and copy, but it didn't change you. This is really what the Gemara ends with this Pasuk. The Pasuk is telling us, You could tell that the Tzaddik is good because the neighbor has now changed and is not only benefiting from the Avoida of the Tzaddik, but he's benefiting from his own Avoida. He's, he's eating the fruits of his own labor. The neighbor. Now this is telling us, apparently, that the hashpa is hashpa that is hashpa optimist. Now, let's go a little deeper into the story of Miriam Basbilga and into the punishment that the whole family went. I'm going to get a little technical. I'm going to leave the, the mushy stuff uh, that we could learn from the story for 
different uh, podcasts who are big into that. Um, I will definitely end up with the Hoyroi and Avedis Hashem. But I really want to concentrate on, on, on the depth of this story and the depth of the Machlekes between Rashi and Rambam about this story. Now, if you look at the difference of opinion between Rashi and Rambam, Rashi telling us that both the Tabas and the Chaloinois were all about the Shechita. And Rambam telling us that the Tabas and the Chaloinois were about the Hafshata, the skinning, and the Big Dekeuna, we could see where their opinion is when it comes to the influence of a neighbor. The extent of the punishment that the family of Bilga received was actually a result not only saying we're going to do a communal punishment. Bilga was bad, the whole family is being punished. No. What he's saying is that if Bilga was bad, the whole family has it in them as well. Maybe to a certain extent, bedakus in very refined or invisible way, but maybe they have it in them too. So therefore, they need to be punished. But now the question is, the extent of the punishment has to be commensurate to the extent of the influence. So what Rashi is saying is that the influence was really superficial. And the proof to that is, the punishment is only about the shechita. Now the halacha is shechita kshera bezar. You don't need to be a koyen to shecht the animal. Somebody who is not a koyen and is pure would be allowed to shecht the korban as well. So therefore he says, what is being put in question over here is not the very core of their kehuna, their ability to serve as koyanim. It's only about whether or not we should make a point for everybody to see that they have been punished. On the other hand, what the Rambam is saying is that in these cubbies were the big day kehuna. What Rambam is saying is that the ring was being used for an avoid that is done only by a koyen. The hafshata, the skinning of the animal. So what he's saying is that the effect of the influence is so strong and so pnimi that actually weakens your very status as a koyen. And therefore the punishment is also as strong that we are limiting your access to where you store your big dekehune, which is your uniform as a koyen. What is interesting, though, is that that still doesn't make it Ashpaopnimis. Because you see that both according to Rashi and according to the Rambam, the Mishmeres Bilga was allowed to serve in the Besamikdash. They were not banned from the Avaida. So that means that the punishment was somewhat of a superficial punishment, maybe a symbolic punishment. As a matter of fact, in the Purusha Mishnah, the Rambam writes that it was there as a punishment just to prevent future generations. 
from uh, straying, saying, you see what happens? So it's more symbolic, perhaps more superficial as a punishment. And the proof is that yes, they are serving in the Besamikdash. And now we could see and come to a consensus. Is the influence of a neighbor, it all depends. When we are talking about a negative influence, so then that negative influence is only chitzoni. It's superficial. It's not going to change you to the core. It is limited to what you see and you may emulate. It is punishable, but only in a very superficial way. It doesn't strip you of your right, of your status as a Koyen, as a Jew, as anything else. It's something that is more superficial. Why is it so? Like Rashi says, Meruba Mida It's because evil doesn't last. Evil is also superficial. How so? When one does an Avera, if he does Tshuva, that Avera is completely erased. When one does a lot of mitzvahs, if he does Averis, those mitzvahs remain. Those mitzvahs cannot be uprooted, eradicated. The Rad is eradicated through Tshuva. That shows you that he doesn't have a Kiyum. It's not long-lasting, it's not everlasting. That's because Ra in general cannot have an everlasting innermost Hashpa on a Jew. It will always remain something that is foreign to him. And even when the punishment comes, the punishment is done in such a way in which it actually reflects that. You could still serve in the Besamikdash. Just can't use your own copy. However, the Ashpa of Tzadik, the Ashpa of Good, that is Ashpa of Nimis. As we learn from the Pasuk in Yeshaya, they are eating the fruit of their own labor because the influence of the tzaddik has transformed them and changed them. Now, what do we learn from this? Well, let's begin with something very simple. Um, in one, in, in one occasion, the Rebbe mentioned that from this story you could see the influence of Chinuch, the importance of Chinuch. One may have thought, no, it's a girl, you don't have to teach, us, to teach her much, she knows enough. This Miriam knew enough. She knew that there were Korbanes on the Besamikdash. She knew that the Mizbeach was supposed to stand for the Jews, Beshaz Sarasam. So she knew enough. What was missing by her was the proper chinuch that would have brought to Yiras Shomayim. This Yiras Shomayim, which was lacking, that led her to say this. And the effect wasn't just on her. The effect was on her parents, that they were then blamed for it. The effect was on the whole extended family, the family of Bilga. 
that they were punished for it. And actually the Rebbe says the effect wasn't just on her and on her own generation. It was on all future generations that the Besamikdash stood after that for over 150 years. And the Mishmeres Bilga was still sticking out with that boarded up Kabi. The Rebbe is saying that the influence, the importance of Chinuch, young girls, young boys, is so, so great that the lack thereof could have a very wide-ranging and long-lasting effect, which really should make us realize how much we have to get involved with Chinuch. But then there is another side to it. And the other side is that you could see such a girl. Hemira Dasa, the Gemara says, she forfeited the religion. Then she got involved with a Greek soldier, Greek general. She even got married to him. She walks into the Besamikdash with her shoes, which is not allowed. She bangs on the Mizbeach. She's really a rebel. And yet what's bothering her? She's pleading to Hashem and she's saying, why aren't you helping the Yidden? This is telling you that no matter where a Jew stands, no matter how low he may have fallen, there is something that you just cannot take away from them. And the good that they do, and the good that they learn, and what they know, is something that lasts and stands for them. The Rebbe related this to the fact that the Rambam writes in Igeras Teman and also in Igeras Hashmat about Yeroven ben Nevat. Now we know Yeroven ben Nevat was a very bad king. And actually when the Rambam writes in Igeras Hashmat, about him, he says, he mentions his name and he says, may, he, may his bones be turned to dust. That's how terrible this man was. The Rambam writes that Yeruvam had worshipped Avadazara. He made some agalim, calves, to worship. He made them worship these calves. So he himself served the calves. He made the Yidin do Avadazara. And the Rabbim says, and he'll be punished for all that. But he'll also be punished for not allowing Yidin to make a sukkah and for not doing Eruf Tafshilin. Now we know that the Rabbim says, wait a second. I mean, where do you put this in perspective? Eruf Tafshilin is the Rabbanon. Avadazara. Is, is one of the worst Averis, the Oraisa. And it wasn't just his own Avadazara, it was Avadazara of all of Klal Yisrael. You'd say, no, he'll be punished for this. What do you need uh, to punish him for Yerv Tafshilin? So they'll be saying, you know why the Rambam is telling you this? Not just to tell you how much Yerovam is going to be punished, but to tell you, imagine, imagine if Yerovam would have done Yerv Tafshilin. I mean, he's cooking before Yom Tov anyway. So they make an Eruv. Doesn't take much. You've done that before. It takes a minute. 
Imagine if Yeravam would have done Eruv Tafshilin, he would have been punished less. That means that any time you could get a Jew to do one more mitzvah, no matter how low they fell, every mitzvah has a koyach that it could actually save him for one more punishment. So the Rebbe continued by saying that this is the same for this Miriam Basbilga, no matter how low she went, the fact that in her mind what was bothering her was the tzorahs of her brethren. And she was pleading to the Eivishter. Then for sure that this stood on, on her as a schus for her, and hopefully that every little schus could actually bring any Jew in such a situation back to where it belongs. And this brings us back to the final statement of the Gemara. Oy l'rasha ve'oy l'shchenoi, toiv l'tzadik, toiv l'shchenoi. We know that any time the Gemara ends a Masechta, it ends with something positive. And here it seems that it's ending with something negative. Oy l'rasha ve'oy l'shchenoi. As a matter of fact, the Maharsha writes that the reason why the Gemara continues it is totally unrelated to the story of Miriam Basbilga. We're only talking about the influence of a Russia here. So then why is he bringing in is to tell us actually to finish with something positive. But of course, the Rebbe in his unique fashion shows us that even there, there is something positive. The Rebbe brings from a sefer called Megale Amukes. Megala Amukis mentions a number of Rashetevis for the month of Elul. And one of them is And of course, you are going to ask yourself, how could that be? You know that in the month of Elul, there is a giluy of Yudgimel Midas Arachamim, comparable to the king who is in the field greeting everybody with a smiling face. You bringing Rashetevis oil or Rasha Vailishchenu. The Rebbe explains what is the inner meaning of oi. Translation means woe. But the, uh, the inner meaning of oi, oi is an outcry of regret. You say it all the time. Oi, I forgot my keys. Oi, I forgot my password. Oi, why did I do this? Oi, an outcry of regret, an outcry of tshuva. So the Rebbe explains, oi la rasha. When the rasha will cry out oi and do tshuva, so then, that will have a very strong effect on his neighbors. That even his neighbors are going to do tshuva. As we explained earlier, that when it comes to a positive influence of a neighbor, it is Ashpa Apnimis. And if the Russia will say, oh, if the Russia will do tshuva, 
his neighbor will do tshuva. And that is how fits in with Rashi of Elul. We have to realize the great power and influence we could have on the people around us. And by doing tshuva, by crying out oi, by doing one more mitzvah, no matter how low we think we are, we will have an influence on our neighbors that they will also say oi, do tshuva, and we will only see toiv latzadik, toiv lishchenoi. And as the Rebbe concluded by saying that all of that punishment of the family of Bilga, the restriction they had in the Chaloinus and the Tabois was only by the end of Beis Sheni. But when Mashiach will come, Bimer Be'aminu Mamesh, you will have a Besamikdosh Ashlishi in which the 24 Tabois will always be, all of them be open, the 24 Chaloinus will be open and in use because all the bad, which as we mentioned earlier, doesn't last, will be eradicated. All there will be left is only the toiv, the toiv la tzadik, toiv l'shchenoi. Have a good chaydesh elul.